0: Welcome back to the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to make us part of your listening experience. We're starting an out of the vault series featuring sessions from the 2018 pastors conference that TCSC hosts every year. You're going to hear messages from Jim Cimbala, who's written numerous books and pastors, the famous Brooklyn Tabernacle church, as well as from pastor Gary Wilkerson and our very own Ron Brown. Today, for our seventh session, you're going to hear from our very own Executive Director, Ron Brown. Listen in, be blessed, and thanks for choosing the Teen of Southern California podcast.
1: There's still healing in that blood. There's deliverance in that blood. There is power in the blood. There is hope in the blood. Hallelujah. There's transformation in the blood of Jesus. And, and so that's what we're singing the the age-old story of the good news, amen, with just a little contemporary beat on it, amen. (laughs) Glory to God. The message of the gospel doesn't change, and and I'm so excited. For 55 years, God has been faithful here in Southern California to deliver men, women, boys and girls, entire families have been saved and set free and are, are living lives of hope, destiny, and purpose Uh, because of the proclamation of the gospel, not because of Teen Challenge, because of the proclamation of the gospel. Amen. Amen. We love the vehicle that God has used, Teen Challenge, but we are not confused, and we understand, and we know where the miracles come from. We have an amazing, dedicated staff. As a matter of fact, all of the directors, if you're here, would you please stand, the directors of our different centers? I want to recognize our servants who serve, amen, (laughs) hallelujah. God bless you, amen, hallelujah. These are the men and women who are leading the different centers around Southern California. Uh, They love Jesus, they're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, they love the students, uh, and they provide an atmosphere where the gospel is preached every day. Is Jesus in the morning? Is Jesus at the noonday? Is Jesus in the evening? Is Jesus in the midnight hour? Is Jesus all day long? Hallelujah. We lift up the name of Jesus. And uh, that's what all of the curriculum and all the chapels and everything, it points them to a relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about, and it has been that way now for 60 years since the founding of Teen Challenge, and we will continue to be faithful to the heavenly vision, and we will be faithful to the call to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it really is the power of God that brings salvation, that brings deliverance, and brings hope. Amen. Have you been enjoying the conference? Amen. The word of the Lord has truly been rich among us, and uh, I thank you, Jana McVeigh. She's our worship leader. Isn't she awesome? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so I asked her if we could do a couple of the songs just as a blessing to you uh, from the CD, and so she put it all together with Swoop Brown. Where's Swoop at? Swoop and Bright Brown. Somebody keep asking, is he my son? Um, No, he's not but he's a man of God, and my wife and I love he and his wife, and and we get a chance to fellowship a lot together, so uh, we're grateful that God has added them to our team. They're part of our Teen Challenge Southern California team now, amen, and so we have our own producer in the house, amen, (laughs) to help us with the music because he's very gifted. The Lord saved he and his wife years ago uh, out of the The secular music industry, they were in that industry for a lot of years, won some great awards, working for Universal and in other places, and now they're on the Lord's team, uh, and they're producing nothing but Christian music, and they love Jesus with all of their hearts. (laughs) Amen. And so we're grateful that God has added them to us, Uh, and we're looking forward to the new things that the Lord wants to do. At the beginning of the years, I was praying and just contemplating the new year, and all the possibilities of what lies ahead and the opportunities that the Lord would give to us as a ministry and give to the church. There were a couple of things that the Lord spoke into my heart, and I just want to share those with you very briefly uh, this afternoon, and we're so grateful that Gary is with us, and he'll be our closing speaker today. We're so glad that you're here. Pastor Gary and Kelly, we love you so very much. Thank you for your friendship, for your support, uh, over the years, standing with us here at Teen Challenge Southern California. And, um, and I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing in your ministry with World Challenge and, uh, and with Springs Church and so many other things that the Lord has you doing. Um, you're one of my heroes. I look up to you. I respect you, my brother. You're, you are a tremendous, tremendous servant of the Lord. But there were three things that the Lord dropped in my spirit as I was praying he said, it's time to launch out into the deep, put the net on the other side of the boat, and don't allow your battle to inform your vision. And as I began to contemplate and think about those things, time to launch out into the deep, is time for us to move out into the purposes of God so that if he doesn't come through, we ain't going to make it. <laughs> we have to get away from the shore where it's safe and we're able to control things. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like the Lord and sense that the Lord is beckoning us to come and follow him into places that are unfamiliar to us because we haven't been there before. And the putting the net on the other side of the boat, I think, speaks of different approaches, different ways of doing things. Sometimes we get stale in how we do things because we do them over and over again. And, and I sense that there's a new approach uh, that the Lord wants to bring to us in our ministries and in the church so that we are able to capture the greatest harvest. See, the whole thing about launching out into the deep and putting the net on the other side of the boat was all about catching more fish, okay? And Jesus said to, to Peter and, and to the disciples, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And so if we're going to catch the fish... Uh, that are swimming around in, in the abyss of sin and destruction today, we have to go into the deep, and we have to have some new approaches in how we are able to bring in the great harvest that the Lord has for us. And so I think that we've heard the answer. As as I listen to Pastor Jim Sembler and as I listen to Pastor Gary Wilkerson, this is what God is beckoning in us to do. To leave formulas and structures that we have depended on to get us up to this place and to let those things down at the shore and to begin this journey of faith of praying and hearing God and being led by the Spirit of God into the dynamic of the miracles that God wants to open up daily in our lives. So we've heard it preached. I don't need to re-preach what my brothers have preached so well. But as I listened to them, I said, this is what you were talking about, isn't it, Lord? That it is time for the church to really step into this dynamic of walking like Jesus exemplified. I only go where my Father tells me to go. I only say what my Father tells me to say. I only do what my Father tells me to do. And by the way, I do it when He tells me to do it. And as long as he tells me to do it, it is being on the edge of expectation and expectancy, listening to the voice of the Lord and walking in the places where he tells us to walk and speaking the words that he's speaking on the inside. Many times we shut him out because we got it all planned out. We already know what our sermon series is. We know where we are. We just put a marker in the Bible and pick up there next week, and we just go on with the series, and the Holy Spirit may want to interrupt the series. And so this launching out into the deep and putting the net on the other side of the boat is getting to a place that we become totally dependent upon the Lord coming through in a moment for us. And I believe that this is where God wants us to live. This is where he's calling us as a ministry, as Teen Challenge, but I really believe it's where God is calling the body of Christ. It's time for us to start living the book of Acts. It's time for us to start living the word. And that's what all the messages has been. It's been amazing listening to, to Pastor Jim and, and, and Pastor Gary as they have been so eloquently speaking the very things that I believe that the Lord is calling us to do. When we step out and we are in the place that God wants us to be, and we're doing the thing that God wants us to do, that's when we will see those, um, those divine appointments and opportunities that God has already ordained. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he foreordained that we would walk in. And so there are foreordained miracles. There are foreordained places that God has already established in his wisdom when he created us to walk into. And as we lean into obedience to go where he tells us to go and to be on the the timetable that he has us on, then we will intersect with those miracles and we will fulfill the upward call that is in Christ. Amen. And, and it's really the, the miracle of, uh, of dying to ourselves daily, taking up our cross and following Him. It, it's, it's, it's simple discipleship. You know, we've made discipleship a class, we've made discipleship a program, we've made discipleship a, a, a process that we can actually check off on boxes, but discipleship continues throughout our lives because the Holy Spirit is our discipler. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit is discipling us into the purpose and the will of God day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour. And that's what Jesus was teaching the disciples. Uh, He was teaching them, follow me. And as they followed him, they watched his lifestyle, Uh, that Jesus did not have a a, a GPS uh, program signal on where he was going to go next, Uh, They were just along for the ride. Uh, It says uh, in one place that he must needs go through Samaria. He could have gotten to his destination uh, another route quicker, but he had to go through Samaria because there was an appointment with a woman at a well. And so that's why he had to go through Samaria. He could have gone another direction, but there was an appointment. He needed to release the first evangelist (laughs) of the the New Testament. This woman went back and got her whole village and brought them to see Jesus. Hallelujah. He healed her. He delivered her. He gave her. uh, He set her free, and then she went back and brought, come and see a man that told me everything about myself, and he loved me to wholeness, and he wants to do it for you. So he had to go through Samaria. It was a divine appointment that was set up for him. God has divine appointments set up for each one of us, whether it's in the restaurant, in the grocery store, wherever it is, there are divine appointments that are set up, and so he's waiting for us to hit the mark. Amen. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. And God's word inside of us is lighting the way. God's word inside of us is guiding our footsteps if we will listen and obey. Hallelujah. We don't want to miss the mark. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark. And God doesn't want us to miss the mark. And so he speaks to us in our times of prayer He speaks to us and he guides us if we're listening. And then you'll just look back and go, wow, how in the world did I get here? (laughs) Didn't plan this one, but God had it in mind. Amen. God knows what he's doing. I went to Romania in November to to speak at the Teen Challenge Center there. We have a wonderful Teen Challenge ministry in Romania. and, And that was my purpose for going. That's what I prepared my messages for, to speak to to the staff of Teen Challenge and the students, and they have a wonderful church there in downtown Bucharest. And, and that was my purpose for going, and we had a wonderful time with the Teen Challenge. And, and then one day uh, they called me and said, well, we would like for you to come and speak at the parliament. I'm like, I didn't come to speak at no parliament. I came to do Teen Challenge. <laughs> there was a, one of the senators there had come to a meeting that I did there years ago, and God had touched them, and they were having the National Day of Prayer. And they asked me would I come to the parliament in Bucharest to speak on the day of the National Day of Prayer. And so I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing a Teen Challenge meeting. So I'm sitting in parliament. There's the ambassador from Russia and everybody, they sat me at the table with the ambassador from the U.S. She'd never heard of Teen Challenge. I said, Teen Challenge? She said, what is Teen Challenge? And I told her. She started taking notes. She said, I never heard of this program before. And, and she was really excited about hearing about Teen Challenge. And And then they called me up to the microphone and I got up and shared some scriptures and and encouraged them to make laws that are just for their land, to take care of the widows and orphans, and God would pour his blessing out upon their nation. And they all got up and clapped and cheered. And so I, I sat down, and I'm going like, okay, didn't plan this one. <laughs> I had no invitation to the parliament when I flew out of California. I was going to Teen Challenge. <laughs> but God had an appointment. <laughs> Hello. When we're on God's timetable, he just sets things up. And so uh, when it was over, they, they gave me a, 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 the, the, not the normal tour of the parliament, but they took me into places that they don't normally take other people along with the directive of Teen Challenge. And I talked to Kathleen. I said, Kathleen, you ever see?" He said, I, I've never been here. He said, I've never seen this part of the parliament before. He said, they're only doing this because you're here. And I'm like, that's amazing to me. <laughs> and we went into the Judiciary Committee where they make laws and And as they were sitting there, God gave me a word for the woman who was the head of the judiciary. And I said, ma'am, do you mind if I could give you a word from the Lord? She said, sure. And I began to prophesy over her. And she began to weep. And she said, I was just thinking in my heart the other day about how God wants me to use this position. And she said, the word of the Lord just confirmed it. It was amazing. God will take you into places that you cannot imagine or think if you just listen to him. And I really believe that this is the word of the Lord to us as the people of God. It's time for us to let go of the old wineskin and and to step into the new wineskin of God's glory. It's the anointing, it's the power and the presence of the abiding Holy Spirit that is upon us. Jesus said, I will send you another helper. I'll send you a comforter who will be with you. He will lead and guide you into all truth. He will take what is mine and he'll make it known to you. It is walking with the Holy Spirit that God is calling us to. Hallelujah. I believe if we do that, we won't have 1,700 ministers leaving the pulpit every month. I mean, what a devastating statistic that Jim shared with us this morning, that 1,700 ministers quit the ministry every month across the U.S. And so the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are getting fewer and fewer. And so we're asking the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest, but we need to have laborers who are equipped to hear the voice of God, laborers who love the voice of God, laborers who love fellowshipping and communing with God so that they are able to be effective in bringing in the greatest harvest that the Lord wants to bring in. Hallelujah. And I believe that the Lord wants to use us individually and corporally in your churches and in your ministries to to be those faithful laborers that are filled with the glory of God, being led by the Holy Spirit uh, into the marvelous, miraculous dynamic of seeing the kingdom of heaven released on earth. Hallelujah. Does that sound like something you want to be a part of? Amen. Hallelujah. This is what God is calling us to. And then the other part about not allowing your battle to uh, affect or inform your vision. We're fighting the good fight of faith. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, lay hold of the eternal life to which you were called and maintain a good confession in the face of many witnesses, just like Jesus did in front of Pontius Pilate. So we're all in battles. Maybe there's a battle in your marriage. Maybe there's a battle... Uh, with someone in the church, maybe you're battling uh, some kind of frustration or some kind of diagnosis or illness or in your body. So we're always in the midst of a battle, but when we're in the battle sometimes that we're facing on a personal level, it can cause our vision to be, become very narrow focused and become all about our issue. Does that make sense? And so God has given us a vision of the kingdom that is great and expansive and and ever-increasing, but when we're in the midst of a crush of a test or storm, then all of a sudden everything becomes about that test, and that's all we can talk about, that's all we can think about, that's all that we can walk out, and we're missing the opportunities to be available to speak to the waitress at the restaurant. Because I'm locked into my own battle. I'm locked into the prison of my own stuff. And so I am unavailable for a greater vision of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so the Lord doesn't want our our battle that we're going through on a daily basis to shape our vision. But we are to walk out the vision that God has given us that is greater than our pain. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision... or or prophetic revelation that we were cast off restraint uh, and, and returned to our former ways, but happy are those who keep the law. And so vision is something that is continually unfolding as the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks to us, we listen, and we are able to walk into what God has for us. So vision continues to grow to the degree that we are able to hear the voice of God does that make sense when you hear him then you are able to be informed in your understanding how to walk out the call that is on your life but if you're only walking out of what was prayed over you when you had the the presbytery lay hands on you when you were set in office as a minister you, you oh my we need something current from the lord amen The Lord is always speaking. He's always giving direction. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's helping you. He's helping me. He's helping us. But many times we don't avail ourselves to the help that the Holy Spirit wants to give us because we're locked into a place of limitation. And God wants to move us beyond that limitation. Hallelujah. We must have prophetic revelation. In other words, we need to keep hearing from God. Amen. If you haven't heard from God for a couple of weeks, you're already in trouble. Amen. He's speaking to us all the time about what to do and where to go and who to spend time with. You can spend time with the wrong folk, and they'll drain all of your energy out of you. And then when it's time to go on assignment for God, there's nothing left over because you done gave it all in a place that you shouldn't have been in because we have soul ties and we have these kind of relationships sometimes that that just kind of steal our time steal our energy steal our focus uh, and we need to we need to zealously guard our hearts with all diligence we need to zealously guard our time it's not I'm not saying don't be available to to, to to fellowship with people I'm not saying isolate yourself like a hermit but there are times when you need to pull away and say you know I really have to reserve myself or I'm not going to be available for what God God has for me because there's a limit to how much energy you have. Okay, maybe you got some unlimited energy. Well, there's a limit to mine, amen. <laughs> glory to God, maybe, maybe, hallelujah, amen. I know He renews my strength like an eagle, hallelujah, glory to God. Yeah, He does renew me, but I'm telling you, it runs out. <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> And so, when it's time to to deliver and it's time to give birth to something, we need to have strength to do it. And if we've been pouring our strength into the wrong place, when it's time to stand up and deliver, there's nothing to deliver. Oh, glory. (laughs) Lord, come quick. I'm in trouble. Yes. I think I'm in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But see, the Holy Spirit, he'll help you to guide your life so that you're walking in flow with what's going to add to you so that you will be available uh, for the work that God has called you to do. Amen? Does that make sense? And so it is very important that we continue to get revelation uh, from the Lord so that we can lead. In Luke chapter 6, and I'm just going to speak for a couple more minutes and then we'll take a break and then Gary will come and take us home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) amen in Luke chapter 6 verse 39 says and Jesus spoke a parable to them can the blind lead the blind will they not both fall into the ditch can the blind lead the blind will they not both fall into the ditch If we're not continually receiving vision into our lives, we won't know how to lead others. In other words, that blindness means to lack vision of the future. It lacks vision of the direction. And so the reason we need to continually receive from the word of the Lord is because we need to have our vision sharpened so that we are able to lead people into a greater revelation and a greater understanding of who Jesus is and what their purpose is in the kingdom. But you can't lead people to where you have not been. Does that make sense? And, and, and I'll prove it to you, verse number 40 says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be just like their teacher. Okay? So the people that you are leading are going to become just like you. Amen. And so if we're preaching messages to them that we want them to be evangelists and we want them to go take the world for for God and, and we want them to be available to be used by God, if we're preaching this stuff, then we have to live it, hello, because they are going to receive the impartation of who we are, not just what we say. Does that make sense? So, yeah, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but there is a dynamic that God has put uh, into the kingdom with those who shepherd over his people uh, that we are to lead by example and we are to be an example disciple. Disciple, follower of the Holy Spirit, so that those who we are leading will also be followers of the Holy Spirit. And so if all we do is have our own rote way of doing things and we have our own planned out structure, then we will raise up a generation of people who would do the same thing. They would just have their planned out little silo of what they do, and they will not be available to walk in this dynamic. But when you begin to experience this dynamic of walking and in, in, in hearing the Holy Spirit and speaking to that waitress and being available to give a word of encouragement, then the people that are following you, they will fall into that same pattern. It's a principle that is in the Word of God, that is in the Kingdom of God, that they will exemplify us not by what we say, but by what we do and how we live. And so we need, our people need to see us radically living out the proclamation of the gospel. We're to proclaim, but we're also to demonstrate. And so when we're demonstrating the gospel in our lives, then they will also demonstrate the gospel in their lives because a lot of this stuff is caught, not taught. They, they catch it from you and not just the teaching. The, the didactic teaching doesn't work sometimes because folks will look, listen to you and, and they'll give you the bobblehead And you would think that they are actually like right there with, oh, I'm with you, pastor. Oh, I'm with you, pastor. And they're shaking their head, and they walk right out of the door and don't remember anything you said. We don't want to create bobblehead Christians. We want to create people who are Christ followers indeed. But you can't do that if you're not exemplifying living like this because it will be caught from your life there is a tangible anointing that rests upon you there is a mantle of God's grace there's a mantle of authority that is upon you and that authority is released upon your people and that and whatever is upon you that's what goes over your people and if you are blind they're blind if you're deaf they're deaf so we don't want to get up and yell at them because they're deaf They're just doing what you do. Amen. So why come you people aren't listening? Well, because you're not listening. Hello, I'm doing what you do. How can the blind lead the blind unless the two of them fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher. Everyone who's perfectly trained when they are fully matured, they will be just like the one who taught them. So when you look around at the mature people in your church, And if they were your disciples and you don't like what you see, amen. (laughs) Amen. You might want to have a conversation, but that conversation is not with them. It's with yourself and with the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I I speak this way to you because I I believe this. Uh, I not only teach this, but I really do my best to live this. Um, and I try to be available to the Holy Spirit to, to give a word whenever I can. Uh, the Bible tells us to be prepared when it's convenient and also when it's inconvenient. You know, I'll never forget one of those inconvenient times when I was on a plane. I was flying from L.A. to Heathrow, and I was really, really tired. I, I, was, I said, okay, I'm going to sleep the whole flight. I'm not going to talk to anybody um, this is my time to kind of, kind of get rejuvenated, so that when I land, you know, I'll be able to minister. And there's a guy sitting next to me, and uh, I, the Holy Spirit kept saying, "You need to talk to him." I'm like, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I did. I said, I said, uh-uh. I said, I'm not saying anything. I'm tired. And I just, Lord, just, you need to say something. And I was like, I was like, Lord, I'm tired. I I said this, I really, I'm just telling the truth. I said, I'm tired, I don't wanna talk to nobody. I'm just gonna like pretend this guy's not even sitting there. Uh, He said, you need to say something. And so I said, okay, I'll say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) What's your name? (laughs) We talked the entire nine hours I did not sleep one wink. <laughs> the, the brother, he was a wonderful brother. He was a, he was a Muslim uh, from Los Angeles, and he was on his way to Turkey to visit his family. Uh, and he thought when he said he was Muslim that I would stop, but I didn't. I said, oh, well, tell me about that. And so he just began to tell me about his religion, and uh, then he said, so who are you? And I told him who I was, and I told him about Jesus. He said, wow, he said, I've never talked to one of you people before. <laughs> he said, I've, he said I, I know about Christians, I see them, and sometimes I see some stuff on TV and it looks really weird and strange. But he said, I've, I've never talked to one of you people. He said, I'm, a, I'm so glad that you're here, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I said, hallelujah. <laughs> and he had a lot of questions. <laughs> But we talked about Jesus. We talked about Muhammad, and we did the whole thing. And when we got to, to Heathrow, he's like, he said, this has been the most invigorating, refreshing conversation I've ever had. He said, I'm really more, I am really am interested in wanting to know more about Christianity. He said, I was raised as, as, a, as a Muslim, but he said, I'm not really practicing in Los Angeles. Um, and so, he, But he said, it's my religion. It's my upbringing. So when I get back to Turkey, he was telling me all about his mom and dad and what they were going to do with their celebration. He said, I go through all the stuff. But he said, I'm not really the practicing, but he said, I'd like to know more about Christianity because if it's, if it's people that are like you, that, that you know, just the kind of like normal and not crazy, then, then I, I, would like to, I would like to know more about Jesus. I said, praise God, and I gave him my number and stuff. And, but I'm telling you, we need to be available. God will set up divine appointments when it's convenient And when it's not, hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. But God will give you all grace. He says he will call all grace to abound toward us so that we will have all sufficiency of all things. That's not just money, okay? He will give you sufficient strength for the work that he's called you to do. He will give you sufficient rest. If you are on assignment for him, he will take care of you. Amen. So don't be afraid to step out and do what God has called you to do, because He will give you just what you need. And people are hungry; they're searching. Uh, what we do is we qualify the people that we minister to. Don't qualify people. Uh, we look at people; they look a certain way. If they're a different racial group, or uh, if it looked like they might have came from the Middle East, then we go, "Oh no, I might get into something I want to get into." And and so we we do these assessments. When we're coming into the purview of someone and we're coming into their personal space, we do assessments about whether or not they qualify for a conversation. Hello? We just do it automatically without even thinking. And if we keep qualifying people, those are, many of those people, they have been appointed to be heirs of salvation. Uh, and we don't know who they are. We need to treat everybody as though they're a brother and sister because it's whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so stop, we have to stop qualifying people and be available to speak the gospel to whosoever. Amen. And we sow seeds. The sower went out to sow some seed. And God is the one who gives someone to water it. He'll give the increase. Sometimes we're able to to close the deal, but sometimes we're not. We're just able to sow some seeds. But the Holy Spirit watches over those seeds. He watches over God's Word to perform it, and God's Word will never return without accomplishing its full purpose if we are willing to give it. Amen. Amen. If we're willing to give it. So we can't qualify people. We must be available when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, because this world is hurting and people are searching for answers and they're looking in some of the strangest places. (laughs) They really are. And here we are. (laughs) The students were singing, he's the cure. (laughs) We got the cure for what ails them. We have the answer uh, and and we need to be available to pour that answer, to be a drink offering to those uh, that God sends in our purview. Wow. Wow. This is what the Lord is calling us to, to radically live in surrender and obedience to the Holy Spirit and to get outside of ourselves and to allow our vision to be informed by what the Word of God says here and what the Holy Spirit is speaking in us and not have our vision informed by our pain and by our difficulties of life. Amen. Because the difficulties of life, that's all part of the deal, okay? You know, Paul said, you know, we're, we're crushed, but we're not forsaken, you know, and we're, you know, cast down but not destroyed, uh, but always going and having difficulties. But he says, but we also have a spirit of faith. Say with me, spirit of faith. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we have the same spirit of faith. And so, therefore, we speak. What are you speaking? Speak life. Speak the solution. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the word of God. Hallelujah. And you'll be able to deal with your battle, and you'll be able to manage that while you continue to have the vision of God be expansive in your life so that you can go on this journey, (laughs) hallelujah, of discovery with the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's how Peter and John was able to see that guy at the gate beautiful because they were not locked into, well, you know, we're under you know, Roman uh, occupation, you know, we got to be a little careful up in here and, you know, we got to get to the hours, the hour of prayer. We got to get up in this temple real quick and, you know, they were not consumed about their stuff. They were open to the Holy Spirit and they were listening on the inside. Amen. As I close. Three things I I just want to mention very briefly. Um, God has always taken us through seasons of our lives. Is that right? There are different transitions that you're in, maybe even in your own family, in generationally, in the ministry. You might be, some of you may be looking for a different location. Maybe you're struggling in the place where your church is meeting. There's always transitions. There's always stuff going on. And I want to talk very briefly about three people that Jesus raised from the dead, and I think there's something instructive there for us um, that we can put on in our lives. In John chapter 11, when Jesus showed up at Lazarus' tomb, it seemed like he was a little late, would you agree? (laughs) Lazarus was already in the tomb, been there for four days, he was already beginning to smell. But we know the rest of the story. Jesus is the resurrection, somebody help me. He is the life. Amen. And I want you to know that he's able to resurrect any of your dreams that have died. Some of you, you poured your life into something and it just, at the end, it didn't really produce a lot. God is able to resurrect that thing and cause fruitfulness in the new season. Hallelujah. So don't give up on a sure word of prophecy that you have received from him. God will cause that word to live again. Amen. But when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he had the grave clothes on him, and Jesus told them to loose him and let him go, to remove the very evidence of his condition of death. When God moves us into a new season, he wants to completely loose us from the evidence of failure that we have experienced in the previous season because it's a new season. But many times when we go into a new season, it looks small because we, re- we compare the beginning of the new season with the height of the old season, and it looks like, boy, I really missed it. No, it's just a new season. And so it's a new beginning, so it may not look as fruitful as what you were involved in in this season because God is doing something new. But he is able to raise up the fullness of what he has purposed in the season that he sent you into. And God wants to loose us completely from the grave clothes of failure so that there's not even any evidence. The second one. When Jesus raised Jairus' daughter to life, he was one of the rulers of the synagogue. The first thing that he said to them, give her some food. Feed her. What are you eating? What are you feeding yourself? We're so busy trying to get a message to feed our flock, but what are we eating? Feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his word. Feed on the glory of God. Feed on your communion and your relationship with Jesus. Because if we're not continually eating and feeding ourselves, we won't have the strength to produce in the new season what God has ordained for us to do. Feed yourself. And the third one. When Jesus raised the widow of Nain's son, it says the dead man, this is in Luke chapter seven, the dead man sat up and he began to speak. The first thing he did was he started talking. Yeah, one that was loose from grave clothes, one Jesus said to feed, and this brother just got up and just started talking. What are you speaking in your new season? Are you speaking about the glory of the past season and bonding your heart to that so that you can't fully walk in what God has for you now? Or are you speaking faith about what God is doing now and where he wants to take you? Put a guard on your tongue. Speak the word of God. Speak words of faith. Speak words of hope. Speak words of comfort. In 1 Corinthians 14, Uh, The Apostle Paul told us uh, to desire spiritual gifts. He says, but especially that you may prophesy. The prophetic word is so very important. I know in many circles it's fell on ill repute because of excesses in the body of Christ. But I'm telling you, we need to hear from God. God can certainly speak to you when you read the word. He speaks to you and illuminates scripture to you. But he also uses members of the body of Christ to speak into your life. And so it's a ministry of encouragement. We need to hear the voice of God. And so let God use you to be a person who speaks the word of God to others. Prophesy to others. Speak words of of encouragement and faith under the unction of the Holy Spirit into other people's lives. Because when you begin to speak into their life, God will see to it that your needs are met too. Amen. So speak the word of God over yourself and say, Lord, I want to be a conduit of your blessing. I want your anointing to flow through me. So, Lord, fill my mouth with faith-filled words. Fill my mouth with prophetic utterances, Lord, that are able to bring people into the reality of Jesus that are able to bring them into the reality of the kingdom, that is able to bring them into the reality that they have a God who's more than enough to bring them into a reality that God can deliver them from drugs and alcohol, to bring them into a reality that God can heal their broken marriages, to bring them into a reality that God can do the impossible. Hallelujah! Glory to God! May the grave clothes be left behind, May we feed ourselves on the uh, never-changing Word of God and the fellowship of a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Feed on his faithfulness and speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God and be available for God to use you to prophesy the Word of God into barren and dead situations so that you will see the life of God come into your flock, into your community, into the nation, into your own life, and into the world. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand as we get ready to close.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.